Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show... Do you know who can bring the joy, a time of friction between audience members and, and the show? You know who can bring the joy we need in our life? America's long snapper, the goat snapper, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest long snapper of all time, the Panthers Iron Man. We're getting ready to send him off to summer camp bone. Spartanburg next Tuesday. J.J. Jansen and, his, and all of his teammates will be at Spartanburg. J.J. joins us here for, I guess, uh, our final pre-camp uh, conversation. J.J., what up, brother? How you doing? How are you guys doing today? I appreciate you having me on. You guys ready to go to Homer Hill? <laughs> so ready, dude. I'm so pumped up for this season. Last year, I feel like I was trying to talk myself into something, J.J. As I reflect back at where I went wrong, I feel like I was trying to talk myself into Baker Mayfield. This year, I feel it, man. I feel something special is getting ready to happen. And, J.J., have I ever been wrong before about y'all? Uh, I don't want to. No comment. <laughs> J.J., we're planning. Uh, we think Mac might. Mac might run down the hill like Dabo at Clemson this year. So yeah, you, might, try you might be working on your craft, and Mac might be working on his, uh, his hill runs. He'll sprint down yeah. that hill. Can I do that? Mac, or what's, Mac, what's scarier for you, running up the hill or running down the hill? Oh, up way better. Because even if I tumble and like break a couple bones, well, like, Mac, moving up, that is, uh Yeah, last time, Mac, Mac did a little track run last a couple years ago down there. We did a video, and that wasn't the problem. Matt trying to get back up that hill yeah, and, then, and then being in radio shape and not <laughs> for the next segment. That was it. You're right. It's not down the hill. We can get Matt down the hill, JJ. Y'all got oxygen masks or something I could borrow? I might need that to get back up that there's, hill. There's, there's always an ambulance standing by at training camp, so we'll have, we'll have plenty of medical attention ready for you. Good deal. Uh, JJ, uh, let's, let's talk uh, – we were we, we we had a great text from somebody. We were talking about this running back situation, and I want to get your mm -hmm. thoughts on it. And sure. you know, the the story has come out from Mike Florio, PFT, that they have a running back group chat, and like that whole social media barrage the other night, that was a strategy. Like, let's all go mm -hmm. and get vocal on social media. Um, they want something to change about the market. We were kind of thinking, hey, listen, you guys sacrifice your body. It's tough. But the game has changed. We don't really blame teams yeah. for not wanting to pay the position. So a twofold question. One is, someone wants to know if there's a long snapper chat where all you guys talk snapping. And the other question is, how do you feel about this? Like, is there something that could be done, like, for the running backs? Or when the game decides what a position's market value is, is, is that just what it is? Well, to answer your first question, yes, there is a long snapper group chat. And as one of the elder statesmen, they've moved the group chat to, like, other apps that are better used for group chat, and I can't figure it out. 
So I I usually, like, if something happens, I have to text one of my buddies who's a little more app savvy to just let him know what I think. So it's very much like how you would imagine. It's the, it's the Google phones. The Google like phones. Yeah, Google it's phones mess up group chats with iPhones. So if you someone if someone in your group chat, JJ, has a Google phone, you can't text that with iPhones anymore. So they got, oh, they, here we go they got these little new apps look, they got going look, on over here. Here we go again. If the thing doesn't come up blue, I've got very little shot of understanding how to communicate with everyone. Once it goes green and it's in other apps, I'm very confused. So I just I leave that to the young guys. But to, to answer your to answer your that question, is amazing. Though, There's like, a long snapper chat. <laughs> oh, anyway, answer the question. Look, hey, I'm gonna be real honest with you guys. And again, I'm I'm uh, this is a little tongue in cheek, but this is dead serious. Like the long snappers had a group chat. And this was also a conversation amongst the long snappers was how do we get our values up? I think the reality is that certain positions are highly valued by teams and other positions are not. And it has to do with a number of things. As it pertains to running backs, I think what, what's clearly been demonstrated over the last 20 years is that the shelf life of running backs, unfortunately, is short. Like, let's be honest, probably the most valuable time for a running back is high school and college. The way the game is played, the skill level of the players around, and the rules. Like, if you're a really good high school running back, you completely dominate a game. If you're a really good college running back, you completely dominate a game. When you get to the NFL, the, the rules and the skill level limits the production that comes from running backs. And even with all of that, there's still a tremendous amount of great running backs in the league, and obviously this year, Two or three of our very best running backs in the entire league are all up for contracts. They all get franchised, and they have no ability to move in the market. That being said, the reason that those numbers continue to be suppressed is shelf life. It's also you can create a really good running game with not your quote unquote best running back. Yes, yeah. Like you can. There, there are the Alfred Morrises all around the league. Isaiah Pacheco last year wins yeah. the Super Bowl in Kansas City, running wild, and they got him in the sixth or seventh round. Nobody had ever Look heard Look at y'all last year. Like, McCaffrey gets traded, and yeah. the run game got better. Freeman and Hubbard were damn good behind that line. Correct. You know? There are more, there are more talented running backs than there are touches, than, than there are ability to play in the game. Now, the reason quarterback money goes through the roof is because there probably aren't 32 quarterbacks that can play. There certainly isn't 50 that become interchangeable. So unfortunately, that is the nature of the market. Now, as it pertains to like these guys getting more money, I think every player is, is on the record saying like the franchise tag is not a great thing for players. It keeps salaries down. It keeps players from getting to the free agent market. That's something that we collectively bargain. That ain't changing for at least seven years. So there's no there's no point in even arguing it. But as it pertains to like how how do these players get money, it's probably going year to year. And, like, Saquon Barkley probably needs to have another good year and either get franchised again for $13 million or or then maybe they say, hey, we're not going to do 13, and he goes to the free agent market. So, unfortunately, there's not – it's not that running backs aren't valued. It's just the game has changed. It's a lot of passing, and there's really creative offensive coaches that can create amazing run games with not your, quote-unquote, most talented running backs. 
JJ is part of the the changing landscape of the league, not just more passing. So the money's going to go to the wide receivers, but also what the quarterbacks are now asked to do in the run game. So you're paying quarterbacks a lot of money to obviously be passers, but think about how much you can do now with running or with the running of the quarterbacks. And does that take away a little bit too of some of the running back value when you have a threat at quarterback that can also run the ball like Cam did here? Right. I think I think what you see though is is a philosophical change from even when I was first in the league, which it was a lot of twelve and twenty one, and it was a lot of downhill running. Like we all we all joked about it. Like it was a John Fox loved running the ball on first, second, third down, and kicking a field goal. Like that's how he wanted to run a game. He wanted to keep it low scoring. As the game has evolved and as the rules have changed, the middle of the field has opened up. You can't you can't touch anyone outside of five yards. The quarterbacks are far more protected. The best way to move the ball down the field is chunk explosive plays that primarily come in the in the passing game. So now you're more inclined to put three and four receivers on the field, spread everybody out, because throwing is so much easier. It just it's easier to move the ball down the field in general, throwing the ball. So that's where everyone's resources are gonna go. Yeah. Is is that you're gonna you're gonna go out there and you're gonna try to get a quarterback, you're gonna try to get three or four receivers, maybe a middle of the field tight end. And if you and if you can't spend on running back, you'll figure it out a different way. I mean, there's been no better example probably over the last six years than San Francisco. I mean, they just keep running through low round running backs, and this goes all the way back to like Washington when Kyle Shanahan was there. Like, you just keep creating offense different ways, and now you add in the Jalen Hurts of the world, Cam Newtons. Um, you know, we're going to probably see two or three more guys. You know, Anthony Richardson, I imagine, in Indianapolis is going to have a healthy dose of run game. It, where are the touches for these running backs that can justify, hey, we've got to pay this guy 12, 13, 14 million? Yeah. That's a great point. And the rule changes point is a great one, too. The NFL wanted yes. more passing. They wanted passing to be easier, like J.J. saying. And it's, you know, it, this is part of the byproduct of it. J.J. Jansen, Panthers, long snapper with us. All right. Uh, I want to ask you, we do want to get into, because uh, it, it, to your cart talk feature, which we are big <laughs> fans of. We liked it when Bill Vote did it. Don't tell him, but we like it way better. You do it now. All right. Um, <laughs> I won't. I feel like you've taken his good idea and just really just perfected it. But you... Yeah. You know, you do. We, we've uh, we've pimped that ride a little bit here. The, <laughs> yeah, the car, yeah. yeah. So you a little TV reference there. You, what are you saying? Both was driving around a hoopty golf cart. No, golf I'm just saying. Deal. JJ's come in and he's upgraded the ride a little bit. <laughs> so um, got that long snapper money in it. You're, you you want to know <laughs> who the listeners want to hear from at training camp on Car Talk, where you ride a cart with your teammates or coaches or whatever, and do conversations. <laughs> Can you promise us that our top vote getter? We're going to solicit tax right now. Can you promise us that you will at least the uh, the Mac and Bone Show top vote getter? You will you will make it a point to talk to them. All right, just in the off chance that something crazy happens in this vote, I get one veto. I don't want to use it. I'm not planning on using it, but I, as long as I can reserve the right for one veto, um, I'll commit to getting the top vote okay. getter on. Uh, is, is there fair? a person? Is there a player you don't like or something that you don't want to talk to oh, enough no, no, no. we name him? <laughs> or is there a guy so big time yes, he won't talk to? You? I just I, I don't want to say yes. I, I don't want everyone to. You know, I talk to Hecker all the time. If everyone votes Hecker, then I'm not doing it. 
Okay? <laughs> he and I talk all the time. Nobody needs to hear me and Hector talk anymore. I'm just kidding. We're going to do that again. But my, but my point is, like, if, if you pick somebody and I can't get them on, I don't want everyone coming at me. I, I heard what Truth Hurts says. I don't need anyone fighting me. I, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to temper expectations. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So here, let's throw it out right now. And texters, we need you to do your work. All right, we need a lot of votes yep. for this. This is yes. Bryce Young is old enough and big enough to ride in the cart. I see the texter right there. He's fast enough, right? <laughs> he we're, not get, we're not getting a seat in the back for this game. JJ will have to lift him though to get him up onto the cart. You know, no. uh, that come on, no, that's not nice. He, he, he's old enough to drive it and everything. He's totally legit. All right, so good. here's the question: When JJ does his cart talk, he's going to do a few, but we. Yep. Want uh, our our listenership represented? He's willing to do this, although he might veto one of them. But uh, we want to know who do you most want to get to know through JJ asking questions on a golf cart on Panthers.com. Text us right now seven zero four five seven zero nine six ten. Let us know on the on the text line who you want to be JJ's guest the most. We will tally up the votes and we will send it over to JJ. This is what this relationship what, is so fruitful for us, man. This car talk stuff is 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 game changing because Adam Thielen got in the cart with us and he just started. I didn't even think I asked a question. He just went for it. But here's the most important thing: he he described his wife and his perfect date night. My oh. wife and I tried it. We went this week. We went on a date night that started at 4 p.m. We were home at 6:30 and put our kids to bed, which was the Adam, which was the Thielen's like go to yeah. date night. There's, there's two parts. First of all, you can get into any restaurant in Charlotte because it's daylight. It's wide open. But, but when I came back to put our kids to bed, it was absolute mayhem because, of course, babysitter goes to desserts. The kids are running around. There was a Nerf gun fight going on. I don't know if I'm ever going to do that again. But the Thielens are encouraging parents around, around the Charlotte area to do date nights and put their kids to bed at the same time, which I don't know if I can endorse. But we, we certainly have learned a lot from Cart Talk here uh, in just a couple of episodes. That was the clip of, of Cart Talk with Thielen that we played. And I was asking, what on earth is this man thinking and his wife? Like, you, you and now you're doing it too, man? Come on, parents I, of young I, I children. you got to extend that date night until they're in bed. Come up with a good idea. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to give it a shot. I, I don't know if I can endorse it, but... But we certainly did it, and uh, we had a we had a the di the dinner was great, but it's tough walking out of a restaurant at six fifteen. That is tough. Uh, well, oh, welcome God. to my life. God bless you. <laughs> Going out at four, home by six. That's all Bonesy's life. He's got to get home to his kid. Now his kid is a furry rescue dog. Yeah, Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, JJ, we can't. We got to be careful who we let on the cart because the offensive linemen, the the defensive tackles, they might just be trying to use the cart for a ride. You know, they might just want not want to use their energy. They might be trying to use the cart for something. That that was that was episode one. Corbett was on the back. And yes. He just thought I'm going to get a ride in. That's all the Sudden, we were on Mint Street, and he didn't know what was going on. That's good strategy. <laughs> By the way, the voting is awesome. We're gonna have to oh tally these God. up. We got everybody from Dom Capers to Sir Per getting James, votes. James Camden's getting oh, a this run. This is tremendous. So anyway, we'll tally it up, and we'll let you know okay. who the Mac and Bone listeners want the most on Car Talk. Keep sending the text seven zero four five seven zero nine six ten, and hopefully, it'll be one that passes JJ's test. By the way, JJ, before we let you go, I gotta circle back to this long stress tapper group chat. I am just in all of this. <laughs> you want in this? 
this. Don't I'm you? so curious about this. Although I got the wrong phone, I think, for it, Bone. Um, like, what do you guys talk about? Like, does one guy say, you know what? I've been snapping, and I do this approach where my butt is now an inch higher. And, man, that snap is accurate. Like, what's the conversation in there? No, that is that's the converse that's the conversation before and after games on the field. Okay. The group okay. chat, much like the running rep back group chat, it only fires up about mid February when everyone's trying to figure out their contract. Oh. So they're all trying so they're all trying to figure out is anybody mo- you know, in the long snapping world you kinda of stick stay where you stay. So there's always is anybody moving? What's going on here? And then about by mid March and everyone's found a job, then it all kinda of dies down again. Oh, okay, it's okay. On the field it's on the field before and after games where we, we start talking about the intricacies of if you put your finger right here, will the ball do this? <laughs> what if you move your butt a half an inch higher or lower? What Seriously. happens then? I was just joking. I didn't field. know that was a real thing. See, I tweeted it oh, out yesterday, a, JJ. Max, Netflix. Max, your instincts on long snapping are through the roof. God, you anticipated man. the group chat. Miss you Michael. anticipated the talking about the height of the butt. I, <laughs> you, you've got good instincts. Netflix. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe when I'm done long snapping, you and I can just switch careers. I'm for that. That would end badly um, for one of us. Netflix 2024. We've seen the quarterback show. We need one on yeah. long snappers. Long snappers, maybe yeah. on Netflix. That'd be beautiful, man. Do you, think, do you really think we could squeeze eight one-hour episodes out of what we do? As long oh, dude, snappers? you're eight. You're eight episodes yourself, right there, brother. I'm, I'm telling you right I'm, now. I'm you coaching baseball? I'm tweeting Omaha Productions right now for this whole thing. Cameo appearance Please by Olson. Do. Oh God, your episodes would be mint. All right, brother. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. We will see you in Spartanburg. We're going to text you the results when we find out who the most popular. Somebody said Herney. I, I don't think Herney's available in Excuse Spartanburg, y'all. All right, I'm not there anymore for JJ. We will let you know, JJ, who the, who the number one choice is of our listeners, man. Appreciate Sounds it, brother. Good. And I'm just I'm, I'm on the record. I'm not doing Aaron Rodgers during hard knock. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be my veto for the. Uh, oh, the that would be great. Talk to him about darkness, man. End, up, right. end up on a ayahuasca farm. <laughs> All right, brother, be good, man. See you guys. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. We had LaMelo Ball speak to the press today. Packed house at the Spectrum Center. Seeing some pictures right now. I don't see an empty seat, and they had it right in front of the team store. So anytime they bring out the stage for Mitch Kupchak or the draft picks, or in this case, LaMelo Ball to speak, and they bring it out right in front of the team store, you know there's a lot of people interested. Now, I didn't see anything 
very interesting that LaMelo said. Of note. But there was one thing, I guess. He did say that the decision wasn't really hard on signing the Rookie Max extension. The only thing to go into that is the fact that there's been so much outside noise yes. about whether LaMelo really wanted to stay here in Charlotte. And that maybe this would be the first time that LaMelo, or any rookie, I should say, would turn down that kind of money, money that the Hornets can offer him, that only the Hornets can offer him, way more than any other franchise. Would there ever be a rookie to turn down that kind of dough? People were pointing at LaMelo as a possibility. And it didn't even seem like it had any traction, Wes. Not any. Zion, legit question. Because... Maybe he didn't like it as much in New Orleans and he wanted to go somewhere else. Luka Doncic, Rick Carlisle out as the head coach, despite being one of the better basketball minds considered one of the better basketball minds in the NBA. Rick Carlisle didn't necessarily get along as much. There was some front office dispute there. Luka a little frustrated, especially with how the Jalen Brunson thing turned out. So Luka, there might have even been a little bit of a question, but nobody's done it because it's too much money. Wes, there wasn't any question whatsoever. As soon as the date, as soon as it took place where he was eligible to sign it, done. Okay, yeah, I'm staying here. 260 if I make an All-NBA team? Cool. Over 200 if I don't? Cool. Let's get this thing done. Not a hard decision. And now, if you like it, if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. All of us LaMelo Ball fans and all of us Charlotte Hornets fans, we got to hold hands and see this thing through together because he's staying here for the long term, according to this contract. Yeah, well, that's one of the benefits of the NBA putting that rule in that your home team can offer you the most money because let's just be honest here. It is very difficult to turn down that kind of Skrilla, okay? You have to be a special type of human being, have some type of vault full of gold that you can swim in like Scrooge McDuck. Or dumb. To be able to turn down $200 million, man, I don't care who you are. So uh, not surprised by that at all. I'm definitely happy for LaMelo, definitely happy he's staying here. And I think he does like the fact that this is his team and that he has a chance to build a legacy here with this franchise because everybody wants to speculate on the, the L.A. teams and things of that nature. But it's like if he goes there... Yeah, he could create a legacy, but he's going to be just another great player in a long line of them. And so I think that he wants to see what he can be able to do with this franchise. And I think if they put the right guys around him, that could be a lot. Well, and it's a significant move because it is so much money. But also we're talking about the richest contract, the wealthiest contract given out to any player. I mean, we can talk about Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. But the money has changed 30 years after what kind of contract those guys were talking about signing. And so now LaMelo, he's the only person, the only player since this rule hit that allowed the team to draft a special player to keep them because you could offer them over $200 million. It's the first time the Charlotte Hornets have had a chance to use it. Because they haven't drafted very well. Now, it still takes a special player to get this kind of money. It's not like every team is just handing these things out left and right. Sure. But it's a special deal. So, huge moment with the Charlotte Hornets going forward. Because it's either going to pay off. Maybe you trade them at this kind of Like, who knows what is you know coming up for them in the next five years as long as this contract. But it's a monster deal. Now, Mitch Kupchak was also speaking again today. He spoke with Miles Bridges yesterday. He was also at the podium again with LaMelo Ball. Perhaps some more interesting stuff from Mitch, who is great. Uh, Fiddy, I'm trying to remember the one soundbite that he had, if you don't mind playing it. I know we have that sounder of him and his excellent job of articulating some of his thoughts in one of the other recent press conferences. Can you play that for us? 
Well, everything that we, you know, every answer they got, we got to every, every question. Yeah, he's got away with words, Mitch Kupchak. So here he is talking again today alongside LaMelo Ball. He said he thinks this team is very close to being a playoff team. He said, quote, I think we can be a playoff team this year. I think the talent is in the system. He also said, I don't think there's a major area that needs to be addressed. He did mention ball handling and a vet point guard to bring in. What do you make of some of those comments? Well, I definitely do think that they need to find a a good backup point guard because if there's anything and any type of uh, flaws that you want to find with young Melo is that he has been on the injury report far more than we would like for him to be. And so I think that they need to find a solid backup, a guy that's capable of of coming in and, and taking care of that. And then just LaMelo just continuing to mature, taking care of the basketball, not making some of the decisions. But I think that's just something you're going to have to live with when you have a point guard that has as flashy of a game as LaMelo does. We know he's going to get on a break and he's going to want to go for the spectacular. We know that if he gets a free run to the bucket and he can find an open teammate, he's probably going to not make the fundamental pass at times. He's going to give him something fancy on the dish. And so uh, I think those are things that can still be cleaned up. But as far as it goes, just, uh, you know, with those things, I, I think that's that's something that you could point to. So they're going to need to find some help in the backcourt for those times where you have to just account for the fact that he's going to miss games. Now, maybe you didn't hear it because Fiddy's mic was off. But as soon as I said that, he I said, I heard him. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of high pitch. Oh, Why'd you say that, Fiddy? What stood out to you? It's it's almost like you should have brought back Dennis Smith Jr., who left for, was it one year? Was it $2.5 million? That's exactly right. You're telling me they can afford to give LaMelo Ball a, a contract that could be worth up to $260 million, but $2.5 million for a guy that came in and made an immediate impact was a good culture guy for a locker room that needs some good culture and it was some of the guys that you have on your roster. And you said, you know what? We're going to let that guy walk. And then you have the audacity three weeks later to say, yeah, we need a veteran ball handler. The audacity. Yeah. There was the report from Michael Scotto who said that Dennis Smith Jr. was offered more than the vet minimum to come back with Charlotte. So there was that report from Scotto that said the Hornets did make Dennis Smith Jr. an offer, but that he liked his potential role with the Nets a little bit more. So that's why I decided to sign a two and a half year deal. Now, I don't know if that's 100 percent true because we didn't hear anything like that from Dennis Smith Jr. The thing that he had to say about that was the Nets made him a priority, and he liked that. So if if you offered him more than the vet minimum, let's say you offered him $3.5 million. Could he, could he have been disrespected by them extending the, quali- the qualifying offer to, TML, or to Maladon as a way to say they prioritized him more than... I don't, I don't think so. I think that's just normal business. Now, I thought you were going to go with, could he have felt disrespected because the Nets made him more of a priority than the Hornets did? Maybe that's the case. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Teo had anything to do with it just because you wanted to have control over Teo. And so you extend the qualifying offer to him and you see what happens. But with the Dennis Smith Jr. thing, it's disappointing. I, I'm a little less disappointed if they truly did offer him more than $2.5 million. But if they didn't, then yeah, the rage comes back because you're right, Fiddy. It would have been nice to bring him aboard, especially with the kind of guy he was. And he legitimately helped on the court, too. 
This isn't just some, you know, God bless him, Bismack Biombo thing where he's only helping in the locker room. He was helping on the court defensively. Well, yeah, but he did kind of tail off towards the end of the season and some of the injuries some hit. Yeah, and then he's only shooting 21% from three for the year following up a season where he only shot 22%. So in the NBA, I'm going to need my point guard to be able to shoot. I don't know if he was enough of an offensive threat, so I could kind of see why maybe you don't bring him back, but I think they do need to go out and find a quality backup. Um, what do you think about the whole playoff takes that he had? That he thinks they're close to being a playoff team right now, and he thinks that he they could be a playoff team, that they have the talent within the organization. There's a lot of hesitance to commit to them being a playoff team, which is fine. I don't want you guaranteeing any playoff spot. You're going to get... You're going to look like a fool at the end of the season if you don't make the postseason. But they brought back Miles Bridges after last year. Okay? The, the, the year where they had a roster that looked a lot like this is when they won 43 games under James Borrego, made it to the play-in tournament, and got beat down for the second straight year. So 43-win team, good enough to get into the play-in tournament. They have the awful year because of all of the injuries. Miles Bridges doesn't play one possession because he turned himself in to be arrested for felony domestic violence, and then he pleaded no contest. We know his deal. But he will be back at least after the first 10 games of this upcoming season. So now you have an older Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball. You don't even have Kelly Oubre right now, and I haven't heard anything about him coming back. Let's remember, you don't have PJ, who had his best year on that 43-win team because it better served his role. Do you think that this is a playoff team, even without PJ? Because to me, I just don't buy it. I don't. I think the injuries hurt them a lot last year. I expect them to win more than 27 games. But every time somebody says, yeah, the Hornets are going to make the playoffs, it was all because of the injuries. I implore you to look at the teams in the Eastern Conference. I implore you to look at the teams that were in the play-in last year, like the Miami Heat, who got to the NBA Finals. I don't know if you can be so confident, man, even with Miles coming back. And even with the injury luck, hopefully not being as bad as it was last year. What type of playoff team are we talking here? Are we talking you play in? You tell me. All right. Because so, that's not playoff. Because play in is not playoff okay. unless you win a couple of games. So top eight is what we're saying. At the end of the day, when the playoffs start officially at the play in, can they be in the mix? Well, um, I think it's possible. I'm not going to say it's a shoe Sounds in. Sounds a lot like Mitch Kupchak. But I think, <laughs> all right. I will go out on a limb and I will say yes. Well, no, it's it's fine. I'm not. Yeah. This is not one of those things where I'm demanding you be okay, definitive. Right, 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 right. This is just Mitch Kupchak. You know, I think we can. From be what, like, but from, what did you do? From what from what they from what we saw from this team two years ago, I think that uh, as constructed, they were a team that that they were right there in a lot of games that they lost. They were able to get in there as a play-in team. Now you bring in Coach Clifford, who specializes in defense. I think if they can manage to buy in defensively and at least be kind of half of what they were towards the end of the season as a unit, I think you look at that team, you have a rim protector now, Mark Williams. You've got a, a, a great young player coming off of the bench more than likely in Brandon Miller. You've got Miles coming back now, and I think that's going to be a key wild card in all of this. What does he look like after a year off? But if you can have a healthy Hornets team as constructed, I mean, get 65% of the games out of Gordon Haywood, I think they can get in. I mean, they're deep. It's just, to me, a matter of buying in defensively, 
uh, for this team, and I think that they can manage to get one of those at, at minimum seven or eight. The problem is the messaging. Because what did Mitch Kupchak say at his end-of-season press conference? We're not going to be players in free agency. We're not going to go big game hunting. We're going to run it back at a draft pick or three because they, they use a lot of their draft picks mm -hmm. and see where we stand. So, like, if I'm a Hornets fan and my, and my GM is sending that message, at that point, wouldn't you want him to be more confident? Like, I'd much rather come out and say it's playoffs or bust for this roster and, and for Steve Cliff or not. Well, yeah, I think we can. Well, if, if if you only think you can be a playoff team, shouldn't you have done more to make that more of a, of, of a certainty? Well, I was going to say, let's ask ourselves at this moment, besides a, a backup point guard for LaMelo, what do you feel like is missing, the missing ingredient right now? What, what do you feel like is missing? Well, I think PJ would help. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I think that the scoring is going to come back with LaMelo. Hopefully he plays more than 36 games. Gordon Hayward... It feels like he's getting worse by the year just because that's how old dudes age. That's just how it's going to be for Gordon unless you're LeBron James or one of these super duper stars. Yeah. But that's not with Gordon. He's already had a little bit of a health risk here. I don't know what to expect from Miles. I think defensively stretching out the floor, helping out on the perimeter a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's what you need. And honestly, it's what PJ would come in and do. Backup point guard. Mitch Kupchak is right about that. Like, I would want some point guard death because we tried Terry at the point. It's not his role, okay? He needs to be a combo guard, looking to chuck that thing from the perimeter, get back to a healthy enough two-point percentage. That's what you need. And then hopefully these other guys can take that next step, internal improvement from Mark Williams, which I expect. Internal improvement from LaMelo, staying healthy, but also hopefully finishing better at the rim, getting better defensively in those areas as well. But when we look at the Eastern Conference, right, I just I want to paint this picture for everyone. One through five seed, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Cleveland, New York. Those are just flat out good basketball teams. Just solidly, I feel very good saying that those are good basketball teams that didn't lose anything except for Philly with maybe James Harden. But if you have Joel but they're going to get something good if they trade him anyway. So they still, you expect them to stay in contention. Miami finished as the eight seed when it was all said and done. We know Miami didn't lose anything. If they do, it will be with Damian Lillard yeah, probably, probably coming Lillard. in return. Atlanta was the seven seed. They just locked up DeJounte Murray. Atlanta, they have, well, one, one thing I'll say is they have Quinn Snyder, who is a really good basketball coach when we saw what he did with Utah. So Atlanta's going to be up there. Spence wrote in about Orlando. Like, yeah, Orlando's coming. They're coming for sure, but they're not there yet. I like the Hornets' roster better than Atlanta's. Well, they have two guys that you feel good about with Trey and DeJounte Murray. They did get rid of John Collins. They have DeAndre Hunter, who I think, you know, he's got a big contract as well. Clint Capella is still going to be their center, so he's still solid enough. Yeah, maybe, but it's going to be dicey either way. It's going to be dicey, and I think that's where we go back to this offseason. I guess, you know, maybe one guy that we're overlooking here is your rookie and Brandon Miller. Mm -hmm. How much does he help as a higher draft pick than anybody else in the Eastern Conference had? Can he come in and help you right away? Because even if you go to a Wembenyama in the West, Scoot Henderson in the West, Amen Thompson in the West on a bad team anyway, Asar, he goes to Detroit. Detroit, they're still one of the and, tanking teams. And Nick teams. Smith's a guy I think could end up off the bench too being a, a bucket for you and being a guy that can help out. It's not impossible. I don't feel great about it. That's what I'll say about their chances of making the playoffs. Maybe we can get to some Brandon Miller sound, too. Let's do it right now. We have a couple minutes. Let's go to Brandon Miller, who has been in the news also. I did want to play this sound because he did join 
Paul, uh, not Paul Pierce, Paul George, his goat on the podcast P uh, podcast. And he also had a TikTok video. <laughs> it was circulating on social media and he couldn't tell when he was doing these filters of making his own basketball team. There was one pretty prominent NBA player that he didn't recognize. Let's have that sound bite ready to go. Did he have it? Okay, cool. Let's play it. Here's Brandon Miller saying how much he loves to troll the media when people were asking if he really knew Chris Middleton or not. Now, you also made some waves over the last couple of days with a TikTok video that was circulating. You didn't know who Chris Middleton was? Tell me what happened. Um, I know who Chris Middleton is. Um, I, you know, I think I think, I think think people should have more fun um, in the NBA instead of just, you know, always serious. Um, I think I can bring the, the fun back to the game. Now, he did tell me guys beforehand that he was intentionally trolling, right? Yes. I, I troll the media for fun. Um, so, if you, you know, if you take it, you know, laugh at it. You know, don't 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 be don't be that guy about it. Just you know, laugh at it. Maybe repost it. You know, I'll repost it if you repost it. I'm cool with the personality. Like, I guess I just don't get the joke. Like, I don't. <laughs> Do you believe him? Yeah, I mean, I know he talked about how guys are so serious and he's trying to bring the comedy back. So he must be kin to uh, David Tepper. Is that right? He's going to bring the comedy back to Charlotte. Maybe Brandon Miller can bring music back to Charlotte. My question is, yeah, do you think that he really was joking about this, or did he truly not know who Chris Middleton or Jonas Valanciunas was? Uh, In that video. Valanciunas, I could believe. Chris Middleton, maybe not so much. But, uh, you know, I do like the fact that we're finally getting to see some of his personality, though. And you can see that he's just like, he acts his age. I mean, he's a kid, you know? You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. A lot of ground to cover here in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get back into at least briefly what LaMelo Ball and Mitch Kupchak had to say this morning at their press conference, a joint press conference, much like yesterday's uh, with Miles Bridges and uh, some more to get to, but including right now, more talk about college football and college football recruiting in the state of North Carolina and uh, most assuredly some high school football coming up with uh, the best prep writer in the state of North Carolina from the Observer, uh, the great Langston Wirtz is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, fresh off vacation. He's rejuvenated. He's getting ready for the football season. Langston, it's good to have you back, brother. How you been? <laughs> I'm doing well. You, you, 
You're making it hard for me. Baptist vacation and, and all the accolades. I better do well here. Oh, and you always do well. You always do well. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that you got to go on vacation. Mine's still about a week and a half away, but um, I'm glad you're back. And I thought you're, you're pointing out in your article about how only six of the top 25 high school recruits in the state of North Carolina are currently committed to in-state programs is fascinating, Langston, especially when you consider the last couple of years, watching that number dwindle from 17 to 11 to, to currently six. Um, simply put, what's going on here? I think, you know, Charlotte especially has kind of led a renaissance, or not even a renaissance, just a, a, a rise in high school football quality in North Carolina. You know, the Panthers moved here in the mid-'90s, uh, turned an area that was really basketball first and the football first. And he had a lot of athletes, a lot of professional athletes moving to town. Hey, I like Charlotte. I want to live here and tell their buddies. And, and they're moving here and, they're, and you know, they're training and, and they're coaching Pop Warner. And all of a sudden, the athlete that was coming to high school was just a lot better than the athlete that was coming to high school before that. And, you know, consequently, Charlotte team started winning state championships and, and started getting, you know, big time division one offers. And that's just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And now you look every year, there's a kid going to Georgia or Alabama or, you know, Oklahoma. I mean, it's just an, an annual thing. And we're starting to see those lists definitely change. It's about 25 kids, you know, a few years ago, it was maybe 15 or 20. They were going in state. And this year there's six. And that could grow to seven. Uh, Terrell Anderson of Grimsley may go to NC State, looks like, but I don't think it's going to change too much. And I think that's going to be something we're going to see year in and year out. As kids want to play in the college football playoff, they want to play on, you know, the big game, the ABC game at night. They, they want to be involved in those types of things and until – the local schools kind of raise their level. I think we're going to see this happen over and over and over again. See, I, th I think it's interesting, and I was I was coming at it from multiple angles earlier in the show because I, I don't know exactly why this is happening, and I think you just touched on one point, but uh, what about NIL? And, and I don't, I, you know what, Langston, I don't even think we, we should reference it as NIL. What about inducement payments? What about the fact that, you know, the, the SEC and the Big Ten schools at large, well, right, I mean, they, they got bigger bags to offer these kids. I mean, how much of that do yeah. we have to attribute to something like this? Well, I think that definitely plays a role in it. I think if you're a big-time North Carolina guy like a Drake May, you're going to get your money. But I think, you know, our coaches told me that some of these schools are offering like $50,000 as the base level of payment to some of these kids at the big schools. And that's hard to turn down. You know, if you're looking at, I mean, I'm making up a number, so your, your home area is five. That's a big number to turn down. I think that's going to make parents get more and more involved in the decision. You know, hey, you know, we got some bills here at home. You can help out. So I think uh, I think NIL is definitely going to play a role in this. And, you know, I know that some of the local schools are trying to, to, to build up their NIL base. And I know that was part of, you know, Biff Hoagie when he came into Charlotte. You know, he was asking, you know, what's our, what's our NIL situation? So I think um, – that definitely plays a role in it, and I think that's something the North Carolina teams can address. And ultimately, uh, you know, they want to – kids want to be on a winning program. And, you know, North Carolina's had a few down seasons. State hasn't been to the ACC championship game. Kids want to play in those big games. They want to play that championship game. They want to play in the college football playoff. Now that they're moving to 12, I think it's going to help, uh, you know, maybe another local team get in there at some point. But I think those are the things they're fighting against. And kids are looking, you know, to, to – they, they want the quick hit. You know, they want to get to the league as fast as possible. You know, they want to make as much money as fast as possible. They want to play as early as possible. And sometimes going to Southern California might hurt that playing early as possible, but it doesn't hurt the other thing. I, I've lived in three states in my life. I've lived in, in Virginia and both Carolinas. And so, yeah. you know, I spent the majority of my, the, the early part of my life in Virginia. And I bring that up because I've, I mentioned earlier, I watched something very similar happen there. 
Um, we looked up mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, and Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, you know, they were routinely taking flights into the 757 to Virginia <laughs> Beach to, you know, pluck talent yeah. out of that area. Um, and then Richmond and the Nova area. And so I, I've seen it. And these college coaches, you know, Mac Brown did this a couple of years ago talking about, we got to build a wall around the state. We got to build a wall around yeah. the state. I don't know that yeah. that's possible anymore, Langston. What do you think? Uh one the the day after winning the national championship, uh, Kirby Smart was on a plane into uh, Charlotte on a helicopter into Charlotte um, the next day. So I, I don't think you can build a wall around the state. I think uh, these guys know that the talent is here. I had a coach tell me that when you recruit a guy from the Charlotte area because of the training I talked about it in the development, they very rarely get a miss. You know that they, these guys are producing. You look at a Will Shipley, you look at a Drake May, players like that. Hollywood Smothers is going to be great at Oklahoma this year. Kid out of Chambers. I think uh, you're going to see more and more kids, you know, from this area do really well. And the more to do well, that makes more guys want to come in. So it's going to be really hard to, to build that wall. But, you know, if North Carolina, NC State, uh, or even Duke and Wake Forest becomes the annual contender for the ACC championship, get into that game, maybe get into a college football playoff, that's definitely going to change it some. And you also got to remember, there can only be one, you know, one starting quarterback at Alabama and one starting quarterback at Georgia, saying, you know, two wide receivers. So some of those kids are going to stay home just because they're not going to get on the field. All right. Now, um, you mentioned Biff Pogey in Charlotte a minute ago. He came on my show two weeks ago and ended up getting us both in national headlines to an extent because he was basically calling out Charlotte area boosters and businesses for not cutting checks and supporting the the program financially the way that he thinks it should be you know financed and mm-hmm. that got all sorts of people stirred up in terms of them building their roster and doing it with local guys how feasible is that to you and you know what does that look like over the next couple of years can he make real headway there I, I think they could I think you know they're not necessarily going to get. You know, the, the Drake May, they're not going to get Will Shipley. They're not going to get Hollywood, Dalen Hollywood. Some others are not going to get those A-level guys. But they could definitely get the guys right below that that are going to, you know, to, to some power five schools even. Sometimes Appalachian State, sometimes East Carolina. They can definitely get some of those guys and, and build a definite winner uh, along those lines. In the past, what, what we've seen is that Charlotte has kind of, even basketball as well, is only going after the elite guys that they have very little chance of getting. And uh, and they're not going after some of the guys in the next level. I know coaches have complained about that. Biff Pogey seems to be different than, the, than his predecessors. He's established a great relationship with all the local coaches. I hear about it from all of them. They think he's a great guy. I'm going over to interview him, actually, um, a couple of weeks. So I'll get a chance to meet him. But I think, yes, Charlotte can definitely build a winner with, with local guys from this area that aren't necessarily on the radar of Alabama and Georgia and even North Carolina. State. All right, when does your annual preview come out for the high school football season? Oh, wow. Uh, Sunday, August 13th, I think it is. It's the, the Sunday before the season starts. Season starts on the 17th. We'll have a big preview out there. We'll start our coverage on August 1st. Hope everybody can read it on charlottesobserver.com. How about that? That's pretty awesome. What do you think about this uh, keep pounding high school classic at uh, Bank of America Stadium? Got a little border war here for those that don't know. Providence Day <laughs> t- taking on Northwestern out of Rock Hill. It's a new thing they're doing down the street here. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I know a couple of years ago they had a game set up in South Point, I believe it was, at Myers Park to play. That was during the COVID year. It didn't happen. And, uh, you know, being the first high school game ever at Bank of America is going to be great. They had the kids over there a couple of weeks ago, and they had like a, a college football game day, you know, film. They were filming them. They had them on stage, and they're creating the videos they're going to put on the big screen during the game. Like, when you make a big play, they're going to put your highlight on the big screen. And I thought that was really cool. The Panthers are doing a wonderful job making this a very big deal for the kids. They're also doing a wonderful job of making this accessible to the public. Tickets are $5. 
I mean, that's, you know, you can't, a regular high school game is like eight or nine dollars. So it, it's, uh, it's not going to be because you couldn't afford to get in. So I think it's going to be a great situation. Um, I don't know about the game itself. Providence Day is really, really, really good. They've been beating the pants off people in 707. I know that's t shirts and shorts, but I think Providence Day is probably the best team in North Carolina by a good bit. And I think Northwestern's a really good team. But I don't think they'll be able to stop Providence Day. It's going to be 50 to, 30 or something like that, but it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Awesome. All right, I'll let you go on this. Um, I had a listener bring this up, and I wanted to ask you anyway. You know, you cover preps, and you know who's going to school where, at least in terms of the big names, but um, recruiting high school players versus using the transfer portal to fill up college football rosters, just generally speaking, what kind of shift or trend have you noticed over the past couple of years? Like, what's changing out there in terms of how high school players are being recruited uh, now that the portal is a way for these coaches to build a roster? They're not being recruited. I think, you know, you see a lot of guys that would have been Division One in past years uh, going down a level, going down two levels of Division Three. Um, you know, college coaches, their jobs on the line, they have to win right away, and they want guys who they can kind of plug and play. And the guy who has college film is just a lot easier to plug and play than a high school kid who you might have to develop for two years. So it's really hurt the college kid. And that COVID year has been a big thing because, Instead of taking high school freshmen, they're going to take fifth-year uh, college players. So I think that when the COVID guys run out in, I guess, in another year or two, I think that's going to help, you know, level it out. But the transfer portal's here to stay. And, you know, college coaches are going to definitely look for the transfer portal before high school recruiting. And college coaches will tell you, I'm not really recruiting high school kids that much. I hear that all the time. It's crazy. Times change, man. They've certainly changed. Langston Words, Charlotte Observer, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Great catching up, man. Glad you're back in town. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.